Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. Before we get into the Sean Fenn interview, I actually wanted to tell you about a new image transfer tool I've been using lately called PicDrop. PicDrop's a really great tool for whenever you need to send off your files to your clients or whoever you're working with. You can actually create uh, private galleries, different folders for whatever various assignments you're working on, and your clients can actually write notes on the photos you sent to them and rate them. Um, I've been using it for a few months now and really enjoy it. For me, it's just kind of helped me uh, keep myself organized and kind of streamline stream my workflow for whenever I'm sending off my files to my clients I know they're all in one spot and it's just really easy to use it was actually designed by photographers so they really understand what photographers need like for years I was using Dropbox and WeTransfer but with PicDrop um, they really went the extra mile being photographers themselves so they understand what you need and I, I can't say enough about it and actually with today's podcast if you enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER you're going to get three months free when you sign up at pickdrop.com. Um, so definitely go check it out and let me know what you guys think. And remember to enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER and you'll get three months free when you sign up at pickdrop.com. And without further ado, we'll get into the Sean Fenn interview here. Thanks. Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Sean Fenn. Sean has worked with clients such as FedEx, Lexus, Farmers Insurance, and National Geographic, to name a few. In this interview, I talked to Sean about how he went from working in the tech industry to making a career as a commercial photographer. I also speak to Sean about his approach to marketing and the importance of personal projects. Sean is a photographer whose work I've been following for a while now, so I was really excited to get a chance to hear more about his work. So I hope you enjoy it, and thanks so much for listening. All right, well, Sean Fenn, welcome to the podcast, man. How you doing? <laughs> hey, I'm doing great, Gagne. How are you doing, man? Let's banter. I know. I was excited <laughs> to talk to you. We've been Instagram uh, friends for a while, so we're, right. we're bringing this to real life, so I'm excited to talk to you about everything you got going on. Um, but I guess uh, to start off, uh, how was Coachella, man? Oh, you know, Coachella was amazing. Um We've been kind of doing this tour with my son, and um, I think we've hit all the music festivals now. And Coachella was kind of the rounded out the whole the whole thing. So um, it was fun. Uh, my son slayed it, which was really fun to see. And um, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I don't know if you have you been to Coachella? No, I never, man. But it was kind of cool, I guess. So your son's like quite the musician. It looks like on your Instagram, that seems like it must be pretty exciting to see your son kind of crushing it. Yeah, yeah, he's having he's having a great time. He's doing what he loves, and that's and he's happy, and that makes me happy. So, yeah, it's, it's doing great. Uh, but Coachella was kind of a tame version of a Burning Man, or you know, <laughs> uh, I don't know. have you been? To, <laughs> no, I've never you know, been either. Have you uh, have you been to Burning Man too? Oh yeah, for sure. Wow. Um, yeah, Burning Man. We've been to all of them. So Lightning in a Bottle, Burning Man, Raw, and he's done all these all these things. So. Um, but Burning Man, you know, you go there and it's in the middle of the desert and, um, you know, everyone's dressed like Mad Max and it's, you know, they got their festival wear on and, you, and you're worried about crazy weather and, and storms and everything. But you go to Coachella and it's on these polo fields on the grass and people are still dressed like that, you know, it's <laughs> really hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it was, it was really fun. He was, he was a little nervous. Um, he worked really hard on this, on the set for Coachella, but, um, yeah, we had a good time. That's cool, man. Creativity runs yeah. in the family, I guess. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I've got a daughter who's also incredibly, incredibly talented. Um, she's she's fantastic. Um, she's does calligraphy and for signage and weddings and things like that. She's just got a beautiful hand and Damn. and you know more important, she's got a beautiful soul. So she just loves it and loves the process. And uh, yeah, it's wonderful. That's cool, man. But I guess for you, like, how did you kind of get into photography initially? Uh, gosh, are people going to be interested in this? I hope I'll try to make it really, uh, hell yeah, man. People are, in- <laughs> people want to know, man. <laughs> okay. Well, um, it's, it's kind of a long, complicated story, but I could give you kind of the elevator version. Um, uh, I kind of came into photography. Um, it, it kind of came full circle because I started out, um, really all about photography and 110% in and, um, you know, my father was a, uh, love photography. He was an engineer, but he uh, did photography on the side, and he did he raced race sailboats, and so he would shoot sailboats, and he'd do boudoir photography of women. And mm. uh, we didn't really have much of a relationship, but I always thought, I always, you know, the couple times that I did see him, or the little that I did spend with him, I was always just enamored with. Uh, he had this Nikon um, setup, and um, you know, the old silver case, the old. Uh, metal silver case and you'd open that thing up and have the foam cutouts and all the nightgown gear in there and I just thought man that is that, I was just thought that was the, you know I was geeking out I thought it was really cool yeah and so that, you know, that's kind of how it all started um, and I just was a, kind of a crazy photography nut through high school and um, you know I spent a ton of time in the dark room and had an incredible photography teacher who I still surf with today uh, Greg Benoit mm. uh, in high school and um you know, I had myself an AE1, and uh, I wanted to be a surf photographer. That's what I thought back then. And, you know, I, um, I'm i kind of a big water nut. So um, I surfed competitively, and I swam and played water polo. And I, whenever I was in the water, I wanted to be taking pictures. And so I was um, shooting photography. And, like, for high school graduation, I really wanted this uh, Century 650 lens from my Canon AE1 so I could sit on the beach and shoot for, shoot surfing. Yeah. And um, that's kind of how it all started and then kind of fast-tracked through that and, you know, way too much schooling. I went to Orange Coast College uh, and got my AA in fine art, and that was all it was all about photography. Mm-hmm. And, um, at the, again, still surfing a ton. And, um, you know, you took a lot of classes in, in, uh, at Coast, Orange Coast, and, you know, things like fashion illustration and stuff like that. And, um, and then I kind of started to drift away from it because photography got a little bit too, I really just like sports photography and I like beautiful photography. And I think the formal education process, you know, at that point really kind of turned toward really kind of a really wacky, crazy cross-processing and fine art and really bending everything. And it just wasn't as, it wasn't as pure to me. It wasn't as interesting to me as the beautiful stuff, as the stuff, the classic stuff that I love. Yeah. And so I kind of started um, thinking, how am I going to, I need to make it, you know, how am I going to, I didn't, I came from a kind of traditional background and I thought, I, you know, I need to make a living. How am I going to, what, how am I going to work? Yeah. And advertising just became the kind of pursuit at that point. And uh, I thought, well, I need to get a degree. I mean, how do we get, I didn't even know there was careers in photography, frankly, <laughs> you know, that I just knew about these beautiful surf photographers that, you know, I don't know if any of you came from the skate world, right? Yeah. Yeah. I grew up skating and and shot a little bit of skateboarding stuff. So there's, there's definitely like some similarities. I think how like surf photography works probably. Right. So back then, I mean, we thought like, 
our Brewer and Flame and Chang and yep. you know Matt Warsh and Mike Moyer and all these guys. That, those were our heroes, right? Surfer and Surfing and Breakout and all these magazines. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool. But anyway, I thought, well, I, I need to make a living. That's not a real living. I need to make a living. So I'm going to go to advertising. Yep. And, um, you know, and I had a graphic background because of this AA. And so, you know, doing things like Illustrator and Quark and, and photography um, all kind of blended together. So I thought advertising seemed to make the most sense. So, um, yeah, I went to USC uh, undergrad and studied communications. There wasn't really an advertising degree, so studied communications. And I happened to survive that, you know, got through <laughs> undergrad <laughs> undergrad studies and, um, you know, uh, wasn't real serious about studying, to be honest. Um, and my surfing was starting to taper off at that point. We were just kind of drinking and partying and going to college <laughs> like everybody else, right? And, um, yeah, yeah, so that's it. And then, I, um, and then I did my internship at USC. I did it with J. Walter Thompson. What do you think you're going to do? You thought you were like going to be like an art director or like within advertising? What did you think you were going to do like once you got into advertising? I was, I was just a dumb punk. I didn't know what I was going to do. I just, I was just pursuing, I didn't even know what the jobs were, to be honest. You know, I just thought, again, I was just kind of learning about the advertising world and mm-hmm. advertising agencies. And so I went and got my internship at J. Walter Thompson. And um, luckily, in New York? In, in New uh, York? In LA. Oh, LA, yeah. okay. In LA, while I was at school in LA. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, we did. Um, and so I assisted the producer, the in house producer there, and we did TV and radio. And, um, and I was still kind of, I was pretty much a geek at this, still at this point, a propeller head and, and liked the computer. And, and so I did a lot of presentations and built shows and, and reels and, and stuff like that. And uh, we had Cher, uh, 24 Hour Fitness, I think, was one of their accounts then. We worked with Cher and that kind of stuff. Again, I was so young, I was in college. And, yeah. You know, didn't know anything. Um, so um, that was it. And then I graduated from SC, and my first job out of SC was going to another agency um, called Sachi and Sachi in Irvine. Oh, yeah. Right. And then uh, so I managed the in-house editing bay there. And so it's a profit center where we would edit real, where we'd get down to the directors and we would send their reels, and I would edit rough cuts together. And it was this, like I said, an in-house profit center for the agency. And, um, and I was just found myself just always gravitating toward. I was in the creative group, but I was just hang, going down to hang out with the creatives. I just mm-hmm. loved it. Mm-hmm. No, that, um, that's interesting, it, man. So it was kind of like a lot, right? of, a lot of video production stuff, pretty much. Yeah. When you kind of yeah, just a whole a whole dark room with video bays and the Sony, you know, a bunch of Sony U-Matic editing uh, machines and a tower with you know a bunch of three quarter inch tapes flying around the office and. Yeah, just kind of geeking out, but just being in love with some of the stuff that, you know, was being done for Nike and all this beautiful, I mean, just, you know, just go crazy over that stuff. And we had, at Saatchi, we had, um, sexiest account we had at that point was Pirelli Tires. Okay. Right? So Pirelli was great in that, you know, they had that, uh, the annual calendar they do that was still photography that was obviously, you know, incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were also doing some beautiful video work on the, uh, these Lamborghinis and stuff rolling through with all these growls and Star Wars type, you know, it's pretty badass. So, I, you know, I love working on that kind of imagery. And the video production stuff, you kind of, because you basically were just kind of teaching yourself how to, like, edit and stuff, because did you, did you yeah. even learn that stuff in school, or is it more you kind of got the internship and just kind of learned on the go pretty much? Yeah, I just learned on the fly. I spent a ton of time doing it, and, again, I had this, you know, a million dollars worth of equipment, at my disposable, I was kind of the guy managing it. So, um, it just made a ton of sense. Um, so, and I loved it, 
Um, and um, I just continued to shoot photography stills because I loved it. But I love, um, you know, where what it, it kind of started was just all the darkroom stuff. I just love the darkroom and I love the, the smell, the chemicals. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I had one in my bathroom at home here. I, we could black out all the windows and yeah. um, the door. And, you know, you know the drill. It, yeah. um, I mean, half the people on your on your pod have, uh, have had that experience. And I think you get just in you just get addicted to it. It's just such, it was such an incredible time and, you know, tracks film and watching those be- that beautiful imagery and mm-hmm. platinum prints. There's nothing like a platinum print, right? Yeah. So once you kind of finished that internship, you, you eventually kind of got a full-time job working within the advertising pretty much. Yep. Went to Sachi and Sachi for a couple of years and managed that, did that. Yeah. And, um, and I've just got to a point where I was, we were working so hard, but I was making no money and I was right out of college and really didn't know anything. It's still just a punk coming out of school. And, um, you know, I couldn't find the bathroom for God's sake. And they were billing me out at a couple hundred dollars an hour or whatever that yeah. the model was at that point. <laughs> and so I thought, you know what, I'm going to, um, I need to go make, you know, I need to make some money. I need to, uh, you know, move, move forward. And again, I had this, a lot of artistic background. So I, um, I ended up with this sportswear company and we had the, uh, still surfing a lot at this point. And, um, I ended up at this company that was women's swimwear and we owned the North America license for rip curl wetsuits. Okay. That's a so big I became, one. I be, yeah. So I became the art director for that for a couple of years. And, um, that was kind of really natural for me because it you know, involved, you know, creative artistic and, you know, cork express and doing all this fine art stuff and, um, and surfing. Damn, man. You're uh, a, one, you're a one stop shop. You can do graphic design, video editing, shoot photos and you got it all. Yeah, I was a propeller head, right? I was a geek. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, yeah, I did that for a while. Let's see, um, kind of an important part there, I guess, in that history was that I got to work with Peggy Sirotto for the first time, mm. who is my favorite photographer, who's, you know, been an inspiration for me my whole life, really, yeah. which is kind of bizarre looking at my work. Um, it's nothing like hers, but I just think she's, I just love her. She, Her work is just so real and emotional and just, I love it. Anyway, mm-hmm. so she, uh, I got to work with her. We went down to Cabo for this woman's shoot, and uh, I was just blown away, not just by Peggy, because you really didn't get to see Peggy work. Yep. You know, back in the day, they were kind of on, you know, they would, uh, she would go away with the model and shoot. Okay. You would, you know, today, we, everyone's right in our back pocket, right? Back then, they would take a model, take an assistant, and go away and shoot and come back with all this incredible stuff. But anyway, um, but her whole process, the creative process was so exciting, right? The whole creative team and the stylist and all the prop stylist. And I mean, we flew an entire suite full of flowers down there from all over the world because the whole campaign was about floral and these the fabrics and Damn. the designs. So it was killer. I was just blown away. Um, so that was really exciting. And that really, I think, kind of planted a seed. And um, then I think, uh, yeah, because like, because like the whole time, like, because not your art directing, you were working at Saatchi. Were you still shooting photos yourself at all, or did you kind of put the camera down for a while during that kind of time? Or I guess a little bit, not much. I guess more of the art time really kind of put the camera that form. Yeah, I mean, not do it as much. We were just so, um, yeah, I was just kind of moving along, and then I kind of got away from photography. Mm-hmm. Um, I got married, I had responsibilities and kids and a mortgage. Yep. And then I made just kind of a hard left turn and really derailed from creativity and photography altogether. 
And um, for the tech boom, um, I got involved. I moved to the Bay Area because um, our families were, one was from Southern California, one was Northern California. And we were going to move near one of the parents just to, so we'd have you know support to help the kid, you know. Yeah. You know, to help with the kids. I moved to the Bay Area. I always wanted to live there. It's in one of the most beautiful places in the world, Definitely. I think. And um, so, yeah, I moved up there for tech. And I got involved in technology. And, um, yeah, then I spent five years uh, down at Netscape. Wow. Um, with a software were, company. What were you doing for, for them? Well, I started out as a director of operations. And uh, I ended up being the VP of sales. Wow, that's cra- how do you like? How do, I'm always interested in how this works, like how people go from like one thing to the other, because it's like your art directing. Like, how do those skill set? Like, how do you go from like art directing and like the video editing to like software? Like, how do you make that turn? It seems it's interesting. Uh, not that interesting. It's just crazy ADD, someone who just can't focus. Um, and I think that in a lot of really hard work, I mm-hmm. just, I'm kind of a, uh, you know, I'm a pretty passionate guy. I'm kind of a high energy guy. Yeah. And, and I think, um, if you like people and you work hard, kind of, it's endless. I mean, really possibilities are endless. And I just got really lucky a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, the right place at the right time. And, um, and, and being curious about things, you know, the, the tech, I was just kind of a computer geek back in college, yeah. you know, like you said, between the editing bay and having, you know, the first Macs and all that kind of stuff. And so when the tech thing started really taking off, uh, it just made sense up here, in the, up in the Bay Area to, to be involved in that. Damn. And, um, and then someone who works hard and loves people, um, I, so once I got into, I kind of got in the corporate, in the corporate world. And then you just start going up that ladder mm-hmm. um, just by natural, just by working hard, really. And then, um, and so then I went to my uh, graduate studies at Cal. I did that at night and weekends, and that was in computers. Damn. Computer, computer information systems. And um, I have no idea why I did that. It makes no sense at all. But again, it all, it's, it's all. Learning, hard. learning, man. I like it, Sean. You're a fucking hustler, man. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you got to be. So anyway, um, uh, that's what kind of, you know, that that's how that all worked. And then um, I did that for, you know, 10 years. And um, I, at that point, um, things weren't going well in marriage. And I, um, I, I got divorced and my health wasn't good because the stress of this job was just eating my insides out, yeah. you know, it just, I'm mean, a creative guy who loves the outdoors and loves people yep. and I'm firing people and busting people, you know, I mean, it just was a really tough time and I was pretty good at it because I like processes and I love people. So mm-hmm. I was good at the people part, but, um, you know, the sales thing is, um, it's kind of a treadmill, you know, you get on that treadmill and you ride it as long as you can. And what's, yeah you stop running, you need to get thrown off that treadmill. Yeah. And I just thought I got to a point, frankly, where I was, you know, I had 50 people and a $50 million quota and I had North America Jeez. and I thought, well, what, where do I go from here? Yeah. Right. Now, now I'm going to go international. I mean, it's just, it's, it's so much stress. I mean, the money's great. It's fantastic. But I mean, what price are you willing to pay for that? And, like, um, and the funny thing was now that I had money or I was able to buy stuff, I was now buying you know, now I could buy that, um, you know, my dad 
had this Nikon set and I had this Canon set. Now I could go buy. I went out and bought the Nikon set that I always wanted. Yeah. And I went and bought a, a Hasselblad 503. Mm-hmm. You know, because these are, this is what I, and I, and I would still do workshops yep. on my own. Oh, wow. You know, Santa Fe. So that was kind of my, my escape or my, what I love, just because I loved it. No, for no other reason, just because mm-hmm. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And, um, which is really fun. So I got to the point where, anyway, things were going south and I just said, um, what I'm not doing this for the right reason. Yeah. If, if no one's appreciating me killing myself and my health is deteriorating, why don't I give this other thing a shot that I'd love to do? Throw caution to the wind. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be single. I'm not going to have, you know, the, all the other stuff to take care of. Yeah. And so I kind of made a, a big leap of faith. It was a pretty big leap of faith, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially the, you know, one of the toughest things about that transition was I was coming from a place of, you know, being a uh, senior executive in a, in fortune 100 companies yep. um, and going to assisting yeah. and slipping around, slipping around Pelican cases. And yeah. Cause how, working. how, how old were you at this point when you made that transition? Oh gosh, I was probably 40. See, that's awesome to hear because I think a lot of yeah. times like people think like, Shit, people in their like late twenties think they can't make like, a career jump. They're like, "Oh, I, I picked this thing and I got to stick to it." So I, that's like fucking awesome for you to hear. You're like in your forties and you're like, "Oh no, I'm gonna do this thing." Because like I think a lot of people have a hard time making that jump. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you can. You, you know what? It's really simple to come up with all the reasons why you can't. To be honest, I mean, you know, that's really easy. Yeah. I, I mean, we can get into this later, but I mean, I had this amazing experience um recently where we had uh they they brought about um a real high profile um marketing group pull up about two dozen of us photographers into a room to consult them on kind of where they were where the industry was and where they were going and um and listening to these photographers i was oh my god it was so i wanted to jump out the window i mean all right i mean it's just if you want to be negative it's that's it's a super easy thing to do, right? You just, it's not going to take you anywhere. There's, you know what I mean? Uh, if, you, if you want to come up with the, I'm sure you hear this all the time. Well, you've kind of heard it throughout your pods, right? So yep. people come up with the reasons why the, why they're not getting work or mm-hmm. why the industry is screwed or how the downturn is. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's tough, but you know what? It's also awesome. It's also a great time, you know, where there's change, there's opportunity and mm-hmm. it just, you got to have that kind of high energy, positive outlook or you're going to be really in trouble and it's going to be a long day. Yeah, definitely. I you think know, like right? if you're this negative, I mean, the negative stuff, it's like, uh, it's not going to do anything good for you. It's this, uh, I mean, it is, everyone knows it's tough. It's going to be tough, but you might as well just like push forward and, uh, be positive about it and hopefully, hopefully things work out, you know? Right. Right, yeah. So that's that's kind of how that happened. So then, so making the transition, you know, that was, you know, it wasn't it wasn't clean and it wasn't simple and it wasn't. I can't say it was this beautiful uh, master plan. Yeah. Um, I just kind of put my head down and said, okay, I want to learn everything. I mean, I want to be like you. I want to be like Ganya. I want to talk to everybody I possibly can. <laughs> and I'm going to be Oz behind the curtain. I'm going to get all. I mean, you've got well, you almost 100 people you've talked to, right? So yeah. You almost. must have all the answers. No, yeah. I don't have all the answers. That's why I keep talking to people. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, that's. Um, so, you know, I, um, I just started talking to everybody I could. And I started, um, I went to consultants and I work with 
you know, some, some really bright people and they all have different perspectives and come from different strengths. And, and, um, and I assisted, which I think is absolutely crucial, um, in my opinion, but I know a lot of people, your people say you don't need to, but I, I don't think you need to assist if you want to just be a photographer. That's a, that's a different animal, but I believe commercial photography, which is a, a, has become very um, different or specialized. Yep. Um, you ha- you you've got to learn. The, it's a business. It's, it's a commercial. It's commercial. There's a the, a key word in commercial photography. It's commercial. So you're you're kind of right at the you're at the meeting of commerce and art, mm-hmm. and you need to be a professional. You need to. It's a business. Yeah, and um, you know I covet and I protect the art of photography because I love the art. Mm-hmm. But doing the art of photography, like you mentioned before, I can't remember who you were speaking with, but you know that's like ten percent of it. Yeah, definitely. Right, ninety percent of it is actually all the work that we have to do to get there. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I remember sometimes when I was insisting. I remember one time. Oh, you know, that's a different story. Anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, so uh, we, um, yeah, so that's, so I went and talked to, um, I don't know, um, Dan Delbridge and Bobby Wendt and mm-hmm. Heather Elder and these people that I, yeah. I went and hired, I went and paid my, you know, hourly fee and, and consulted with them and, and wanted to hear and learn different, different aspects of the business, yeah. what their experiences had been and what, you know, what they suggest. But at the end of the day, um, you know, as you know, the photography is very—it's um, a very disparate group of people. It's very—it's all over the place, yeah. right? It, no, there's no, there's very little consistency. Everybody's path is different. Every job is different. Yeah, it's so random. So, like you said, like it, some, some people need to assist, some people don't. Like I interviewed this one guy, Gary Land, who's like a really successful advertising guy. He shoots like a ton of shit for Wyden, Nike, everybody. And uh-huh. he never assisted another photographer, but he worked in-house at Reebok for a while. So he kind of learned the business that way. And then there's other photographers that will assist. So it's kind of like you said, everyone's path is like completely different. Yeah, I just think um, I think it's going to be even more and more important to come to the table or to be and again this is just my perspective and my experience but our steps are very um it's complicated there is you know the 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 world of commercial um the world of commerce the world of commercial photography is not super supportive for beautiful work and so you have to go in with the confidence and the maturity to put up to kind of coach and put up barriers and processes that are uh, in place because these big companies, the ones that can actually afford to, to hire, mm-hmm. you know, commercial price, they will run rampant, right? The processes and the careers and the egos and the agendas of, of 10 people on set yep. will run you over. Yeah. And then, and then at the end of the day, no one's going to be happy. And so if you want to do great work and you want to make, people your clients and your customers happy i think you need to come in and make them um feel good yeah do you, you have fe- to come in with a coffin do you feel like your years of uh working like in the corporate environment like managing all those people would you feel like, like going through that was a really beneficial to even your photography business now is there a lot of things you kind of learned and kind of took away and kind of applied to what you're doing now you think Oh my God, there's absolutely no, no doubt in my mind. 
Um, no doubt. I mean, I'm probably a unique bird. You probably don't talk to a lot of people that have my background. No, but, it's really um, interesting. <laughs> but it's, um, but it's, um, you know, um, arts driver and people like that. I mean, people that have a really good grass or Lipsky, people that are, they're people, people, yep. you know, um, you know, the world is about dealing with people and a lot of the artists and people that I, even that I assisted, they're not people, people, they're artists. But in the commercial world, you really have to deal with people. Mm-hmm. People are everything, right? People, people's jobs, these, these, these projects that they've been working on for nine months to try to get approved and get this budget through, I mean, their career's on the line. Yep. And then the client's there, and they want to sell their product, and their career's on the line. Mm-hmm. And you have your art, and you come and you say, oh, well, and then they love, they go through your work, and they say, oh, I love this, and I love that, and I love this. And I say, okay, well, let me tell you the process behind how that image was made. Mm-hmm. You know, and, um, you know, like, like uh, Litsky, I, I love Litsky's quote where he say he said something like, um, you know, it's the, the commercial photography where you have to go on set and just, you know, 10 people line up behind you and then they say, go. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of, that's the new, that's the world, at least that I've lived in for, you know, 10 years of, of commercial photography where, you know, these large projects where there's a lot of people on uh, on set and your creativity has to be immediate mm-hmm. and it has to be, con- you know, uh, also have the consistency. Yeah. And when you were like assisting, um, I think you worked for Andy Anderson, if I, if I read correctly, um, did you kind of have a goal in mind at that time that you already know that you wanted to shoot like advertising type work or what was kind of your mindset when you're, even when you're assisting, you think? Absolutely. Um, so yes, I, I, I was laser focused on just shooting commercial because I had to earn a living and that's where I play. I mean, I love editorial. Yep. It's probably my, where I would go. I mean, the problem is I had like, you, like you quickly learned, I have ADD, so I have to kind of all over the place. So I want to shoot it all. I want to shoot, I want to shoot editorial. I want to shoot, you know, portraiture. I want to shoot lifestyle. I want to, I hate that word lifestyle. I want to shoot people. I want to shoot, you know, landscapes. So um, I just like it all. And I think storytelling allows me t- the opportunity to shoot all of those. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I got put in a lifestyle box, yep. which I really, it's such a bummer because I think there's the lifestyle box. I hate that box. but um, Yeah, I was, was going to ask you that, like, because I've always had, like, uh, uh, lifestyle, like you said, it's like a weird term. Like, when you say when people say lifestyle, like what what comes to mind for you? Like when people say lifestyle photography, what do you think it is? I think it's some buddy with a can who just got a DSLR. It's all lens flares and outtakes, and it's just wacky. Yeah. It's, and I hope I'm not that, but I'm, I try not to be that. But um, I mean, the thing is, uh, you know, in today's world, our clients, um, they want volume. Mm-hmm. So I think in those, that's the way to get volume is someone just taking all this stuff. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff that they look at, I look at, and I say, oh my gosh, well, we, we, we've lost of that, but we would, we, it's all outtakes. We would never even show that. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just, you know, just, but anyway, that's, I came, I just like the class, I came from the classic world. I mean, yes, I did assist Andy for five years and mm-hmm. all right, his, Rolling is Carl, but um, so Carl, Carl and I, who's a, who you know, we were very very close, and um, we would shoot obviously all the commercial work together, but we also traveled a great deal after that much time, and just we would again two guys who love the outdoors and love photography as much as we do, we would just go shoot our projects just because we love to go shoot, mm-hmm. just because we love shooting, yeah, 
And um, so, you know, initially he would say, uh, you know, I want to, I'm going to this personal project. Are you available this time? I said, yeah, I'm available. And then, um, so I would just go as an assistant. And then toward the latter the end of it, he would say, hey, I'm going to this project. If you want to go, you can just shoot whatever you want to shoot. Damn. And so that was wonderful. But we would have, I mean, we're kind of, we're kind of like two big kids. Yeah. Um, just giddy because we love, like, God, I remember this time down in the Bahamas, both of us are, you know, knee deep in water. As we had a sunset and we're shooting these boats and these models and trying to get everything right. And we're just sweaty and bug bitten and just have the time of our life looking at each other laughing. And he, you know, it made the comments like, you just love this. You just love the process. You don't even care, you know, who's shooting it. You just love the process. And, um, you know, you just, you know, when you you love something like that, that much, I think you kind of got to get get out of the way because great things are going to happen. Yeah, it's just like uh, you can't not do it. That's how I feel about photography. It's right. like I can't not do it. Like if I go like a couple weeks where I, or like a month or something where I don't make a picture that, that I'm proud of, I, I, I kind of get in a bad mood something sometimes because I, I, I just didn't like accomplish something. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got to um, – and accomplish is kind of a funny word. I've heard – I've listened to some of your pods and some of the people say, all right, you know, they say I've made it or, or, you know what I mean? What does that mean? You've made it. Mm-hmm. Like you made money at it Yeah. because I think that's kind of an interesting thing that's happening right now. Right. Is that, that they're having this great big purge, which is pretty healthy. I think, you know, that all these people are going away. Mm-hmm. They're really, um, because they thought, or maybe thought it was an easy living or, or, or an easy thing to do because you can now get a camera, but the camera is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so, um, the camera has become, especially after the 5D, I think the 5D kind of marks for me the irrelevance of it. After that, it's like, like how good does a sensor need to be, right? It's it's about a, a sensor and a piece of glass. That's all that matters. Everything else is kind of a marketing thing. But, you know, I watched Andy make, just for me, iconic images with a 5D. And I don't care if you had a Mark 62 it would still be a, an amazing image, you know. The the camera was irrelevant. Yeah, it's just his his idea, his uh, whatever his idea, whatever story he's telling. Like, yeah, the camera is just a tool. It doesn't mean anything really. Yeah, yeah, it's fun to geek out of it, and trust me, I geek out with the you know <laughs> with the best of them. But and I love to talk about gear. But um, yeah, I just think that, that um, I think if at the end of the day, um, it really it's become that's gone away. I think, uh, who was it? I can't remember which one of your guests. Maybe it was Haggard. Oh, yeah. Um, Rob Haggard. Rob said. Yeah, because Rob. Yeah. He said something like, um, what did he say? He said something like, the days the days of the camera operator are over, or the days of them looking for a camera operator are over. Mm-hmm. You don't need it. You know what I mean? The camera. Yeah, if shit with the, the with the new digital cameras, you can be like six stops overexposed, bring them Photoshop, and you're fucking still good. <laughs> like, there's no, Ooh. like. Right, but the components that make up. So I had this, I had this. Um, I seem to be whether I'm talking about um, careers or, or lecturing or whatever it is. I, I had this analogy that I love to, to use, and I think it's a great way for people that are not in our space to understand. You know, it's very difficult to understand what we do, yep. right, or to describe to somebody, right. So the analogy that I've, I've kind of landed on is is cooking. Mm-hmm. Right. A couple of years ago, there was that wonderful show called uh, Chef's Table. Okay. Yeah. Chef's Table. It's beautiful. Anyway, it's kind of been overdone now. It's been a couple of years, but, um, but so I, I cooking, so I think cooking is a very close analogy to photography, to commercial photography, right? 
in my opinion, because you've got, um, and that's one of the reasons why I think you should assist, right? It'd be hard to go open a restaurant right out of the gate. Yeah. But after you go to school and you're a line chef and a prep chef or, uh, you know what I mean? All these other, you work your way up and you get the experience of how to run the business, mm-hmm. right? And then you ultimately become a chef. Yep. Now, everybody's got a kitchen at home. You all, everybody eats. Yep. And if I give you, if I give you a cookbook, right, you can, you can study this recipe and at the end of the day, after four or five hours and taking your time and carefully measuring everything, you can come up with a great meal. Yeah. Right. Everybody can go buy a camera and come up with, spend the whole day. We can, you can do a great image, Mm -hmm. but in the commercial world, my analogy is our, our job is on set to be like a high end, a, a, a chef at a very at a desirable restaurant where people come and they have an expectation of a great meal. And that's got to be served on demand with yeah. a group, huge crew of people behind you. Everyone is paying money for that. They have expectations mm-hmm. that it's going to have to be done over and over and repeatedly over and over and over again on demand. And then tomorrow you're going to come do it again. Yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. And that's the difference between a cook and a chef. What, what, and I think in commercial, I think I like to, I'm just trying to, I guess, be a chef. No, nah, that's a good analogy. It makes sense. Um, Sean's, Sh- you're going for that, that, uh, that Michelin star, that Michelin star. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, right? <laughs> uh, no, I like it. Um, what do you think you learned most about working with a guy like Andy Anderson? Cause like, in my opinion, he's like, in terms of like commercial, he's like one of the best to do it. Like he's just, and he, he's just like, he, the way that guy balances like his personal work and his commercial, he, he does a good balance of it. Um, what do you kind of learn from him, I guess? Oh my gosh. Um, that's a lot. That's a, <laughs> uh, I, I consider the five years with Andy, uh, kind of my doctorate yeah. in, in photography. Um, um, I think I learned a lot. I learned a ton. Um, Oh gosh, there's so much. That's all right. My, 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 my connection with him is probably more personal yeah. than it is um, on the commercial side. I mean, I, I always say that uh, there's two sides to Andy, um, and I know him really, really, really well. We spent a lot of time together. Um, so his real name is Carl, okay. and I consider Carl a really close friend of mine. And the Carl is, is, is I would... Uh, that's the title I would say for the work that we did that was not commercial. Okay. Andy Anderson, there's, there's a commercial side, and Carl and I um, shooting the personal stuff. Um, when you're going and doing it for the love, uh, you know, and there's adventure involved, and um, you know, he's a big outdoor fishing and hunting guy, mm-hmm. and he introduced me to all this fishing and him shooting fishing. I mean, I just think that's so pure because that's just who he is, right? Yeah. And I introduced him to Airstreams, and I had an Airstream, and then he ended up getting an Airstream, and we were camping in Airstreams. And <laughs> so there, there's a whole synergy there that I think is just that when you love something, we both just love that kind of stuff, you get kind of giddy about it. Yeah, just definitely. a bunch of guys drinking beers, and just it, it's hard work and sweaty and dirty, and you, yeah. just, you just love it, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I'd also think in, in existing, um, and this wouldn't just pertain to Andy, this is really just um, a bunch of regardless of who you assist, um, I think you also uh, learn um, you're, you're not necessarily trying to do what they do, yep. which is also very difficult after, um, you know, assisting someone is, is I think, as genius as Andy mm-hmm. or Carl. Uh, I think you learn, um, it's really hard to have your own voice because he's got such a strong, you know, his hyper real color and, 
and his his subject matter it's very strong it's yeah. very identifiable and so it's very hard i've worked really hard to try to have my own voice yeah right my my ultimate goal in photography really is to is to have something that's that's identifiable you know what i mean and today when we have the same glass and the same sensor it's very difficult to have that and i think that's a lofty goal but it's one that i you know i'd love to have i can pe- i can pick a peggy Sirota image yeah. across the room yeah. I can pick an Andy Anderson image across the airport. Yeah. I can pick a Peter Lindbergh image, you know, from a hundred yards. I mean, you know what I mean? They're, yeah. they're so identifiable. I just think that's, that's truly to me, if you want to say made it, that's yeah. pretty, I yeah, think that's pretty uh, sexy. Yeah, I agree. It's like the hardest thing to do as a photographer. It, it just takes time, I think. And, um, I guess like, how do you, so you're assisting, how did you kind of make the transition to go from assisting to shooting? Did you just kind of make the jump, like I'm done assisting and then now I'm going to try to find work? Like how did that kind of progress? Yeah, that's exactly, it's very similar to that. I, um, so my, I probably, you know, I probably didn't, assi- didn't need to assist for five years. I probably should have assisted for maybe three years, two yeah. or three years. Yeah. But I had a goal. I had, um, I had gotten divorced and I wanted my kids to stay in school. Um, in their home, I wanted to kind of uh, maintain that home base. Yeah, and so I had a mortgage that I had to pay, and so my goal was to get the kids through high school, graduate, and have that um, home base or that that security. Yeah, and not just disrupt them and move all over the place. Mm-hmm. So that I had to. So that was my goal, and so I said, okay, here's my market. This this is the time that I'm going to make that jump when I'm not when I could sell my home. And so I, I stayed on for a couple of years longer. Um, and again, I was, um, Andy and I just had, Carl and I just had such great times anyway. So it was just, it wasn't really that hard, mm-hmm. but, um, that's how I made the, um, that's how I did it. And then, like I said, when I did, I did make a hard line, hard line, just, okay, boom, this is the last job. I moved on and I made the leap of faith. Yep. And, um, yeah, I was working with, um, you know, I jumped in, I got an agent for a little bit, wasn't a good fit. And, um, I was really disappointed in myself for that, frankly, because, um, I had really respected the relationship that Andy and Heather have had for so long. And I wanted to be that guy too. Where I had a, a longstanding, yeah. um, relationship. So then my, so then I left that agent and just said, I'm going to, I'm just going to be on my own for a while. And then as soon as I left, to be honest, it kind of, things kind of took off and, um, and then I said, the next time I look for a rep, I'm going to do it right. Yeah. And um, the way I approached that process was I did this thing called dating, uh, which I called my dating, which is <laughs> basically um, I had I had um, work coming in, yep. and I would talk to these reps that I uh, I had a, uh, kind of narrowed it down to a couple of reps that I really wanted to work with, and I would bring them into a, a, a bid situation mm-hmm. and work through the process with them. So that we could kind of get to know each other. I would still pay them their commission, yep. but it was just be for this one time job. And then in return, they started bringing me into a job oh, nice. and I got to see, it was kind of a tip for tat, you know, and then I got to really see how we performed and how, who we really, you know, who really, and then at that point it was, um, you know, Marianne is, yeah, as you know, you've, you've spoken with her. She's just, um, She's my she's my girl. She's just awesome. <laughs> yeah, you guys have. I was interested. I was uh, really interested in talking to you about that because with Marianne, it seems like 
it's very different the the i guess the agency she's kind of created it almost seems like all the photographers on that roster it seems like you guys are pretty friendly with one another like you guys will go um show your books together sometimes across the country at different agencies um i guess with the rep stuff like um do you feel like it's like pretty important to have a rep if you want to work commercially uh, um, what do you think? You've talked to a lot of people. I'd love to hear your opinion on this. What do you think? You got a hundred people you've talked to. What do you think? You're, what is your, do you have a rep? No, I don't, but like, I kind of been doing the same thing. Like I'll just, if I get a commercial job that comes up, like Heather helped me out on one. Um, oh, there you go. But I'm not like rushing into it. Like I got work. Yeah. And, uh, I think like you said, like your first rep didn't work out. So I think it's like, you just got to take Important. your t- time with it. I don't think. I don't think a lot of times that photographers think if you get a rep, you're going to get work. I don't think that's really the case. I think you kind of have to build your name yourself, get your work out there, and then the rep is just kind of like a, it, it kind of helps. It's like another boost, I guess, and uh, that's how that's the way I look at it. I think you kind of got to figure it out yourself first, and then slowly build up. And the do you feel like the, Marianne's just like another part of your team? It's just like another. Yeah, I think we can go ahead. And, I think we can go ahead and kill that. I don't think there's much life left in that rumor, but I think that rumor is pretty dead, and I think it's very obvious, right? That, that the rep is not going to get you work. The rep can get you work. Yep. But to be honest, um, you know, the rep is. Um, we're just. I think you have to be. Uh, who said it? I think. I think Art is the one that said it. Uh, was talking to you about the rep situation, and I think. The re- or maybe it was Lisky, yeah. but um, I think you bring the rep on when you can't manage your own. When yeah. there's you know they, because, um, you know at the end of the day it's a team work and everybody's got to play their position mm-hmm. and y- you can certainly do it on your own. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, you can do. You know you don't need a rep. I mean if you're some superstar that that has got a huge name recognition and you can hire an assistant, you can definitely do it. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But, um, but also, um, the people that have been doing this a long time, they bring in expertise and, um, relationships. Yeah. And, uh, you know what I mean? And, and in our case, you know, Marianne's been doing this a long time and, you know, beside the fact that I love her and she's awesome, um, and, um, yes, the team is awesome as well, but, um, but we, um, I think we play different positions. Mm-hmm. You know, she has a different approach to, um, to everything yeah. than I do. And if we both are doing it, then I kind of feel like today, and this really goes for marketing in general, um, this might benefit somebody, but, um, I, I don't think, and I keep saying this as many times as I'm asked, um, but in my focus, which is just primarily commercial photography, mm-hmm. you know, all these things today that people ask about, you know, mailers or contests or face-to-face or agency visits or blah, 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 you know what I mean, email blast, you name all the stuff. And they and they, everyone's kind of focused on whatever that little minutia is that they're into at the moment. Yeah. And those are those are primarily those are all companies trying to make a business or trying to make a living off selling a service to a photographer. Yeah, you know, the, so you can think you're missing out by not being in one of those. Yeah, but you're not really missing out at the end of the day, um, because you know my two cents or my opinion is that um, in today's world, and I guess this might be the reason why there's so much shrapnel or people falling by the wayside is because 
you can get a job here or there. Every, you know, the corp companies will pick up on a job here or there, but to make a living, you have to work consistently. Mm-hmm. You have to, you have to eat. That's the hard you know part. I mean, you have to, it's a, right. Yes. So that's one of the challenges I find is, yeah, you could pick up a job or here and there, but you have to, you have to be consi- working enough to make a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Th- did you see that? Did you see that? Um, what was that? Um, Oh gosh! There was a the U.S. Uh, Bureau of Labor. Yep. Uh, they did you see that thing I posted? It was uh, about the um, they put together a uh, the twenty five worst jobs in the U.S. Uh, as like, photographer, <laughs> artist. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Yeah, it so, makes uh, makes sense. It's just it's so oversaturated and it, it's really competitive. So I mean, it makes sense. It's not. There's not many people making like a real living from photography. I think it's a small. Right. It's it's like you said. It's anybody can get one job, um, but it's a matter of like working consistently. And like in terms of the rep thing, I think there's like three components. Like you're talking about like Ad Edge and Workbook. Like those are all just different tools you can use to contest. And I think they all have their own place. But at the end of the day, I think it just comes down to your work, your personality. And then the relationships you've you've built with people in this business. I don't think there's any shortcut to any way of like advertising on whatever it may be, workbook, whatever. Those are all useful tools. But at the end of the day, I think it's just your portfolio, your personality, how you deal with people, and then the relationships you've built. And I think there's there's no shortcut to it. It this comes in years of doing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's where, kind of where I was going with that was yeah. um any of those can get you a job, but um if you're not doing all of them, yep. if you're not doing all of them, yep. you might not have a big enough net mm-hmm. to sustain a business. Yep. And I think I think we can go to between the two of us a hundred examples of that. That if you've got all your eggs in one basket, mm-hmm. um, you know the old uh, marketing adage that you know in the old days you would old days I say ten years ago, but um, <laughs> you would seven. Uh, you know, it used to be that you had to see something seven times. Mm-hmm. To, to stick in your brain. Yeah. Well, I, I would argue that today, with today's kind of plethora of all these media channels and all this stuff coming at us, whether it's online, you know, whether it's social, whether it's will you name the you know the thing that's bombarding us. Mm-hmm. But now it's probably something like three times that, right? Yeah. To, to stick in your brain. I mean, you're looking at sixty-two hundred, you know, Instagram pictures and a Facebook picture and email and online and video and yeah. for something to stick in your brain now. Who knows how many times it's got to stick? So I believe, kind of believe that, you know, um, I'm going to ramble on, but um, <laughs> no, it's what, good. Uh, another thing, um, I know we should be talking about golfing because I know you're a golfer, <laughs> but um, anyway, <laughs> but um, so for example, um, you know, um, if, if, if someone sees your name in AdEdge, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily call you up right away. It's just in the back I of their mind. Yeah, well, it's, it's subconscious, right? So I ask, I ask. Obviously, we ask every job. Where, how did you find us? Who did you talk to? And they, I'd say, sixty, seventy percent of the time, you know, I can't really put my finger on it. I can't remember. Yeah. Right. You know what it was? They saw you. You won this award. Mm-hmm. They got the mailer. Yep. They got the email blast. They got a visit. Someone recommended. So they hear it enough times, and then they go, Ah. They know you're out there. You know what? Yeah, and then the work support, and then of course the most important thing is the work has got to be in line with what they need. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, definitely. And you've I've always you seem like you've always been good with like I guess like branding. I was I was talking to Marianne. And I was like, this is kind of like a funny thing, but I was like, I was talking to Mary Marianne. I was like, I love how Sean puts his logo on all his Pelican cases and stuff. Uh, it's just like a little detail, but I thought it was cool. I was just like, yeah, that's not really for marketing. That's really so my gear doesn't walk away. <laughs> hey, but I like it, man. It's just, <laughs> every every little detail, man. I like it. It's good. <laughs> oh, oh, thanks. Yeah, well, yeah, we. we we have, um, I mean, our gear, um, the Ground Force One is our kind of a rolling uh, yeah. know, grip house, and it, we um, it's hard to keep track of that stuff at a certain point, so we got to the point where we like to at least know that, okay, oh, that clearly has our name on it, that's ours. No, nah, that's <laughs> smart. But I guess, like, the marketing stuff, do you, do you feel like, uh, was there any mistakes you made early on, or have you always just been pretty good at it, you think? It... Um... I just think it's one of the, um, yes, I definitely, like I said, it came from that graphic design, marketing, advertising background. Mm -hmm. So, um, I love, I love beautiful typography. I love graphics. So, you know, putting together the books and the mailers, that's just kind of just, I love that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd love to do a book someday. I would love, that's more of a love than, um, I, I think to your point earlier, the background I got really, really fortunate in that even though I kind of jumped around, all those things supported ultimately where I am, maybe the stronger person and photographer where I am today yeah. and what is necessary today to kind of move the ball forward. Because I think you kind of need to be hitting all cylinders. I think you need to be a marketing guy to reach these people. I think you need to be an art director when you get on set because, you know, we're doing a lot of stuff in a little time. Um, I think all that helps the, the end product. Yeah, definitely. It's really interesting the career path you've had. It's just you kind of like, like you say, you've done so much, and it's kind of helped you get to the point where you're at now. Um, and you know, one thing I always kind of ask people because, like, you are doing this commercially, and uh, do you feel like you need to create work that's going to attract clients, or do you just kind of photograph the things you like? Because, like, looking at your website, you do a lot. Like you said, you shoot your surfing stuff because you love surfing, and then you have different uh, projects on there. Um, but do you ever feel like you need to create work that's going to bring like advertising clients in or how do you kind of attack that? I guess. Uh, that's a great question. Um, because, uh, I've heard you ask that question and I've heard you ask the question of how do you get your style? Yeah. And I think there, I think my answer would kind of be in line with both of those questions in that, um, you kind of do what you do. Yep. And your style comes out of that. Yeah. And if I, um, if those things interest me, I mean, my personal, I'm kind of a, a maniac about personal projects, but I don't think I'm a maniac about personal projects just for the sake of doing personal projects. I just love it. Yeah. So I just do a lot of it. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So, um, and I do a lot of it and I, I'm crazy about it. And so people are like, wow, wow, you're so you're so, you know, passionate, you're so, blah, blah, blah. and I go, well, you just love it. So it's really just kind of a natural mm -hmm. product of what you do. Right. So, um, yeah, that's the answer there. And I think once you, and then once you do all that work and I shoot a lot because I love it and it's my job and I, it's, I really enjoy it. So, and then when you put it all on the table, yep. you lay it all out there, you go, and then to, I can't remember who you were talking to again, but I think maybe it was Lipsky yep. who I, I put it on, you put it on the table and you say, what's your style? And I go, I don't know. There it is on yeah. the table. What, what, your style kind of come, like, what is your, what is your thing? It kind of, 
um, morphs out of that body of work that's true to is just from all your from all your shooting. Yep. I think collectively that work says something. Yeah, like you know, what would you if you if you thought about you know Gagne's body of work? What would you say? You know, I think Lipsky was making the argument that uh, I think if, if you ask any photographer, they're going to be and describe their work that you know nine out of ten people are going to see it differently. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right? Yeah, because how would you? Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting question. I think I asked someone uh, if if you had described your work or what do you want people to take away when they look at your work i guess that'd be the question like what are you hoping they'll take away when you look at your work or like what are you good at i guess or something like that yeah i mean i hope that the work um speaks for itself um you know in my opinion and this is just old photography stuff is that you know the the, the photo shouldn't need an explanation yeah um i don't believe you know i've been I've got peers that tell me, you know, that have been focusing for years on motion and video mm -hmm. and I came from video. So to me, it's really natural, but to me, it's easier than photography. Um, you know, you can, you can do so much in an edit and make okay footage look great. And Add great music edit. to it. Yeah. Music or whatever, but I'm um, just beautiful imagery. Um, it's a, a standalone in today's for me, this is again, just my sole, you know, humble opinion, but in, uh, and, and my kids, you know, to watch, you watch them and all of us, and probably including yourself, you're flipping through, slip, you know, swipe, 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 swipe. <laughs> the, 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 the ADD, the, the attention span of us as consumers yep. is not growing, it's shrinking, mm -hmm. right? So how often do you sit there, even yourself, yep. make yourself a test dummy, how often do you sit there and look at a, you know, a, a, a mediocre video? Never, right? You're, I mean, I'm just flying right by that. There's no, now, I love... You know, if you're going to show me a beautiful piece about Phelps swimming that is just iconic and amazing, that's a different story. That's absolutely stunning. But that wasn't done on the back of a napkin. Yeah. <laughs> that was done with, a, you know, with the appropriate resources and team and creative planning. And so, yeah, I think that I, I think the photography, I mean, I want the imagery to be, I hope it's, at least my clients tell me that it's, you know, it's, it's attractive that they they love to look at it. it's um i like my work to be emotional and i like it to have a lot of layers yeah like uh um, you know, the, the work you do like a couple of projects i really liked um you had a cool project uh on lumber uh that was really cool it's just like real honest like kind of i guess you could say photojournalistic in a sense but more a little more stylized um I really like that work that you do, and even your water polo project that you just won an award for, and I think American Photography. Um, oh, thank you. Was was the lumber stuff? Was that a personal project, or was that like a yeah? Nice. Yep. What was that? How, yeah. did, that, how did that come together? Um, I just uh, wanted to do a personal project on um, some type of what would you call it um, labor? Yeah. Really. And something that was sexy, and I live in the, you know, I live in the West Coast, and we've got the Northwest, and we've got Oregon, and so, um, you know, driving around there all the time, you're always driving through these incredible forests, yep. and the redwoods. If you've ever been in redwoods, I'm sure you have. Yep. Um, it kind of, it's a pretty moving place. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's the smells and the colors, um, and it's, um, you know, I kind of like. Um, something that's got that kind of tradition and a whole history. And I loved all those black and white images of the double saws and the black and white photos and all that old stuff. Yep. And so I just was kind of inspired by that and um, just went up there and spent some time, um, you know, kind of poking around in there and following some 
um, you know, drivers around and, and it's a dying, um, that, you know, it's a dying breed. It's a dying, that's one of the rare, that's one of the last few remaining, um, mills that actually has the ability to saw a lumber of that size because it's all been outlawed. Oh, really? So now you can't, right. So now the lumber is, is farmed and produced in a certain size ratio and past that you're not able to touch it. Mm-hmm. So all those old mills that were, they were geared and oriented toward those, that large lumber. They've all gone away except this one last remaining one. Yeah. Yeah. You I, know, where they've got the, yeah. I love the series. Like, how do you even, how did you even like uh, get access to these guys? Uh, do you just kind of basically knock on doors? Like, cause like you, it looks like they really kind of slate you in and you really just kind of documented. That was the kind of the coolest things about the photos. It seems like you're actually like part of the team pretty much. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much. That, that, yeah. It's, it's supposed to feel that way, but, um, um, yeah, I mean, all of the above, I worked with location scouts. I, you know, got, uh, contacts from friends. I did kind of did it all. And, um, and I spent a lot of time on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I've got a van that I kind of, you know, it's kind of my man cave move, moving man cave <laughs> and that we, we, it's good. We just go all over the country with gear and I just like to shoot out of it. It's, it's a great, it's a great thing. And so the, for a project like that, it makes a ton of sense. You kind of have to be involved in that a little bit. Yeah. It's not one of those things where you show up for a day and shoot it. No. Unless you're really, really lucky. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, you could, there's other places you can go out of the country that the rules are a lot different. But this was just here in the U.S. And, um, you know, I got some, I uh, read some advice early on from uh, Leibovitz, and which was um, to shoot what's close to home. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do a lot, go a long way and, you know, shoot what's, what's close to home. So a lot of the stuff I sh- try to shoot is just right here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I kind of, t- I, mean, I kind of make it really hard on myself. I think, um, you asked what kind of mistakes I'd make marketing wise. And I think when I first started, I thought that I would, I thought that editorial was going to make a ton of sense. And that's kind of a normal path. Mm-hmm. But I thought that, you know what I'm going to do? And I got this from a friend, Eric, um, almost who's up in the Bay area. Oh yeah. He would uh, say that um, if you get these editorial assignments, just make them um, full-blown ad productions. Yeah. So I would take I would take the money because the budget would be small, but I would make them full-blown ad. I'd make them something that's amazing that I was going to use for myself, and I would put all the money in production. Yep. And um, I still have that work on my site. That's one of the first things I did commercially, which was um, all that. Um, if you look on my site, um, all that stuff of the kids. Yep. Um, and going through museums and, and, and all this kind of stuff. Um, so, um, that was conceptual work. Yeah. I think I it's, thought that it's, if I, yeah, it's smart. Like you, you got any of those little editorial signs, you just got to take it like an opportunity. Like I've done the same thing yeah. so, so many times where I've like, they hire you to shoot one person and then I'll be like, Hey, can I, can I come back on my own? And I've like done projects that way. So I think like, cause like those opportunities don't happen that often. So when you get a good one, you really have to like get every little ounce out of it you can exactly I mean, and and i and i um yeah exactly so i shoot and that's kind of the beauty of editorial is you have a lot of creative freedom so they might say well you know like in in those kids projects they would say well we want to do the story on bay area kids yep. and the only criteria is you know one job was he has to be involved the water the bay yep. the water so i said okay well and i kind of creatively said what if i put him in the water and they said, oh, we can't have the kids swim in the water. I said, no, no, I'm going to shoot them in a studio. And then I'm going to put up, um, I'm going to include, um, you know, these inner tubes in every shot. Mm-hmm. 
and they're going to be, yeah, so anyway, just kind of went, I creatively got to kind of do what I wanted to do. And, um, yeah, I think it, it, it was wonderful. And we got, you know, but anyway, my, my whole thought to, to overthink this, show you how much I overthink stuff is, um, <laughs> my whole thought, my whole thought pattern was that I said, uh, when I was getting in, I was saying, well, I'm going to show these in the agencies and art directors, I'm going to show them capabilities yep. and they're going to look at this work and say, Ooh, this guy's very capable. He's going to be able to do this project. Mm-hmm. And that was so far from the truth. That wasn't the case at all. Right. And especially as we became more and more photographers, no one's making any ju- you know, jumps and uh, no one's connecting the dots saying, oh, I think he can do this. Today, they say, you know, they almost want to see the exact shot that they want on your site already. Yeah. You know, they're not making a connection with, oh, this person does this. I, I hope I think they can do this. I think yeah. back then it was a different, different time. So, yeah. You know. Yeah, it's so yeah, exactly. It's like so specialized now, so you really got to know what your skill set is, I guess. Um, right. Um, but or what's your what's your what's your passion about? I think if you just do what you, and I kind of fell into you just do like you said before. You, know, you shoot what you love. Yeah. It's gonna uh, and and then collectively that's gonna say something, and hopefully what that says is actually desirable to somebody. Yeah, this business is so hard to begin with. You you might as well just shoot what you want. Like you're, you, if you, like I said a million times, you try to cater everyone. You're going to cater to nobody. Um, there you go. And there you go. Like I, I mean, I I interviewed Dan Winters last week, and it, it was like crazy going to that guy's studio because isn't he a sweetheart of a guy? Yeah, he's, he's great. He's and the coolest thing about that oh. guy is like he just shoots what he likes. And the funniest thing in the interview is like. He's like, I was like, oh, you ever have a rep? He's like, no, I always try to stay away from reps. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, um, yeah, he's he's a rare exception. He was funny. So we spent, um, I'm sure um, Jeff talked to you about this when you interviewed Jeff. Yeah. On um, about the Palm Springs Photo Festival, but um, mm-hmm. so that's an, um, I never miss those anymore. And this will be my sixth year going to that, mm-hmm. and um, it is just um, and one year I was with Dan, and I just love the art so much that sitting for a week and spending a week with someone of that caliber and of that passion, yeah. you don't have to touch a camera just yeah. to talk about, just to talk about inspiration and process. Um, I mean, you know, he was at the end of the day, his wife would come at, you know, 10 o'clock at night and pull him away <laughs> from the students. They, Dan, you're going to see them tomorrow. Dan, you got to get some sleep. <laughs> yeah. Right? I, mean, I think yeah, it's just like sometimes like once the thing about like I said in the interview is like you get into photography initially because you love it, and then at some point you want to make it your career. And I think money can get weird sometimes. And I think I, I said it before like I made these mistakes where you try to cater your work to somebody. But I think from talking to a guy like that and a lot of different people, a lot of the successful photographers I've talked to is that if you just stick to what you enjoy shooting. That's what's going to set you apart. It's not some marketing plan. Your work and your passion for what you're shooting is what's going to set you apart, not trying to do what everyone else is doing. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would also say there's probably something to the argument that, um, and I don't take this verbatim, but I think there's something to be in kind of in line with what you said mm-hmm. in that if you just focus on your work yep. and, what, and what you shoot, mm-hmm. in today's world and, and the, uh, the breadth and the visibility and the communication channels that are out there available, the good work is good. People are going to see the good work. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like you don't need to go hire and pay for a ton of channels to get to that work. They find, you know, creative people find great work because people start, 
talking about it or tweeting about it. Or it even you don't even need to put the good, the great stuff mm-hmm. people know about, Definitely. you know, because it's great. Yeah. And, and so I think the thing, the trap that people fall into is worrying more about pushing the stuff out there than the actual work. Yeah. And then what you see out there is a bunch of, you know, not as interesting. No, exactly. It's uh, yeah, it's this quality control. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, um, and then, uh, yeah quality control i think i think just focus on your own i mean you know people saying like i said this meeting that i was involved in where we had this round table and these people were going around and you'd hear um you know some of the things that i heard from these people were they're you know complaining about lowball bids and they were complaining about oh you know marketing dollars spent they were complaining about um social media ruined their career and all these crazy things and i was like oh my gosh you guys, this is crazy. Social media, right? if you use social media the right way, it can actually help your career a lot. <laughs> yeah, right? There's some people that, are, that, that, that have actually got work and made a lit, you know, actually built their following and everything on social media. Yeah. And so, um, which is, you know, fun too. Mm-hmm. But again, I think at the end of the day, and um, you know, I have a friend, um, we were teaching this class, and I would tell, talk to the students about um and he did not agree with me telling the students it's about the work. But what did he think? At the end of the day, what did he think it was about? I know, right? What did at he? At the end of the day, if these students, well, you know, whatever that you know their opinion is or whatever their angle is, but um, at the end of the day, the work is number one, two, and three, and then you can start talking about the other reasons. But yeah. um, fo- focusing on the work and. Um, you know, you're not going to be everything, like you said, to everything to everybody. So just do what you do, and hopefully you attract the right type of people that are in line with that work. Hell yeah, man! And I don't, and I don't know what that, I don't know what work that is, but um, <laughs> um, it, it thinks you know tomorrow it's going to be something different. The way everything's changing so fast, but um, yep. you know, I think you, it's kind of exciting. I think it's kind of exciting time because the changes. You know, the agencies are scrambling to find out what their role is or where you know what's hot for them, and mm-hmm. you know. Only, I think you've heard. I think you mentioned it before several times on some pods about you know chasing the trends. But once you stay away from the trends, yep, and stay stay true to your thing, mm-hmm. I think you'll be fine. Yeah, definitely. It's a uh, it's like timeless. Like 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 uh like your photos of like lumber and surfing. Those those photos are not a trend. It's just timeless. You're gonna be able to look Thank at the, it, those photos in like thirty years, and they're still just gonna be. I think just as powerful, if not more. It's like uh. That, that's all the type of imagery I've always kind of responded to. Yeah, thank you. I hope so. I mean, I'm not the guy that's going to do the, you know, I'm not Chris um, Buck. You know, I'm not the comedy guy mm-hmm. and I'm not the quirky guy. I just, you know, I just like a beautiful photograph and, and that's just my thing. And it's, yeah. um, you know, Andy had said to me uh, once um, that uh, your style is going to come from, you know, working with these other people and then you're going to go do your iteration of that. Yep. You're going to be influenced by all these people, and then you're going to be do your own version. And so, hopefully, I'm I'm staying true to that and just doing. Um, I also find it fascinating. I wonder what your thought is on this, but um, I always I find it fascinating to um, to see how because I really talk to a lot of photographers like you. I I just love yeah. again I love people, so I just love um, you know talking shop and stuff. Yeah. We do that a lot with Marianne, but um. That's always fascinating to me. The imagery that comes out of different people, their imagery is so is such a strong reflection of that person's personality. Oh yeah. Do you find that? Like, if you know Chris Buck, yep. I mean, that's his. He's 
you look at his imagery, you, you know Chris Buck. He's a, you know yeah. what I mean? An intelligent, yeah, he's, quirky, he's, funny. Well, he's just like, if you ever met him, he's just like really kind of like witty. Like he kind of has like a, he just has an interesting oh person. Per- yeah, exactly. His personality is like that. And then, like, another yeah. uh, friend of mine, Kareem Black, he's just, like, a really, like, lot of energy. And if you look at his yeah. photos, he gets hired for, like, he shoots all the ad campaigns for, like, Jersey Shore and, like, all these MTV reality shows because they're, like, right. the shoots are really, like, high energy, like, big party, like, lots of, like, this. And that's his personality, and that's why he gets hired for that. And then, right. yeah, you're you're exactly right, I think. It's your your, person- yeah, your like personality. Lipsky, if you know Lipsky... Right, he's just a big, huge teddy bear, sweetheart of a guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's that's his imagery. It's all bright and beautiful and shiny and warm color. You know what I mean? That's that's Jeff. He's just a, that kind of guy. Yeah. And uh, I find that fascinating by looking at someone's work and seeing that. Yeah. I think that's such a, that's such an interesting dynamic of of their aesthetic and you know what they're interested in, the palettes they choose, the you know what I mean, what what they like to shoot. Yeah. Yeah. I think honestly, I've been thinking about it more lately. Uh, cause I, like I assisted a lot of photographers when I first got out of school and the ones that really kind of set themselves apart and were successful, I think they, it was their personality. It wasn't like, you can learn technique. I think like you can learn that, but personality is just like, I think you just have it or you don't. And they kind of, like you said, it kind of comes through in your photos and like the photos, the, the photographers I work for, they always had like this interesting personalities and it kind of came through their work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, um, like we've talked about before too, I think that if, if you shoot people, mm-hmm. you better like people. Yeah. Definitely. You know what I mean? Either you should be a personable person, you know, someone who likes people on set, someone who likes clients, someone who spends time with clients, someone who makes everybody feel good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So these guys are paying you, um, in work. I'm kind of, being, I'm paid to make them look really good. Yep. That's what that's my job. That's my job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? It's 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 kind of tough. And I think if you come from like you touched about before, my background or a place where there's you know a place where people earn a living or a business or a, a corporate world or any kind of business kind of background, yep. you learn really quickly. You know who pays the bills, who's the boss. Yep. You know, and you don't have an attitude. You don't. You know, you you, you kind of it's going to be your turn at some point, but you've got to kind of walk a straight line and, and if they're paying the bills, you know, yep. um, I, I think you, some of your photographers that you've spoken with have, have mentioned how, you know, beautiful way to do it. You don't just, you know, there's a way to go about things. If you don't agree with this, you just, you know, it's look, it's, it's not your set. It's their set. It's yep. everybody's set. Yep. You know, there's no, so let's have a compromise. Hey, let's do this and this. Yeah. Yeah. Or, that- or like 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 Ockenfeld told you, you know, show them shoot what they want, and then turn around and show them something completely different. Yeah, definitely. And, and then half the time they're blown away. They love that. Yeah, right. That, that's how like, you shoot the you shoot the comp, and then you push another another level, and then you know try to get something for yourself at the end of the day, hopefully, and uh, you know keep it moving, get that next job, and get that next personal project, and just keep the train rolling. You know. Well, bring something to the table. Yeah. You know what I mean? That like, like, you know, like Hager was saying, um, you know, the days of just the camera operator are over. You got to bring something to the table. Mm-hmm. You're brought into these projects as another tool, as another team member, bring something to the table. And, you know, we, all, everybody in our sets, these, I try to find people, A, that are super cool and, and laid back and awesome, mm-hmm. but also are really good at their jobs. Yeah. You know, if there's someone, 
someone doesn't last, doesn't come, doesn't come back for another job that they show up and they've just got attitude or, you know, we all work really hard. We yep. play really hard, but we work really hard. Yeah, and uh, we're all trying to make, we're all getting paid. We're all working for a living here. So, you know, love it. And, have, you know, I, 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 don't know, I love um, another person I was with in that photo, uh, Palm Springs photo festival that I had an opportunity to work with for a week was Frank Ockenfeld long, long ago. Yeah. And talk about a guy who just loves it. Right. Hell yeah. Isn't he awesome? Oh, it's man. He's just uh, he's just always shooting, and not even this that. Like he's just like an artist to the core. Like he's just like drawing. He's doing all types of stuff, and no no ego about it. Just loves photography. Yeah, yeah. He loves photography, and, and talk about someone who you can look at his site and say, "Oh, that's Frank." Yeah, no, no <laughs> definitely. <right>? Yeah. <laughs> For sure. And we were, it's funny, Frank and I were talking about that thing we, you and I were just discussing, which was the uh, the whole cooking analogy. Mm-hmm. And I use it a lot on calls um, yeah. because um, a lot of, uh, when we start talking about money, which I don't like to talk about, but, um, <laughs> um, but the, uh, you know, these shoots uh, are like a meal and every ingredient in that meal is important. Yep. So they can cut out this or cut out that, but it's going to affect the overall flavor. Yeah. So they look at our photographs and they, they like the photograph, but yeah. they need to understand what inti- what's involved in that photograph, all the c- flavors and components that make that up, yeah. whether it be location, whether it be talent, whether it be lighting, whether it be directing, whether it be time of day, whether it be interaction, all those things post-production, they all make up that meal. And if you want to come in and say, oh, we just want that, but we don't want you to do this, this, and just do this, I go, okay, but it's not going to be that. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, if you don't got enough sugar, your brownies are going to taste yeah. like shit. <laughs> That's right. Right? <laughs> right? And, uh, so they, I don't know. It's a really good way to... I'm, I'm on this cooking analogy thing. So I like it, really it, man. I like analogies. But, um, Sean, man, <laughs> I, I guess to wrap up, man, you've been doing this for a while. Um, what kind of keeps you motivated? What, what do you love about photography? And I guess, like, any goals moving forward for yourself? Oh, gosh. Um... I just love the process. Um, I like working with people yep. and um, I just feel fortunate that I get to keep doing it. Um, I look forward to keeping your chin up and uh, kind of a, you know, uh, a storm of all this negativity. You got, you got to stay away from those people yep. who don't want, you know, don't support your cause yep. and just look forward because, you know, yep. I kind of feel like you need to, in this photography world, you kind of, this is a little bit of a juxtaposition, right? You gotta, like Dan Winter says, you gotta know where you came from and the history of our craft. Yep. But you can't get all in the same in the same vein. You can't get all wrapped up in how it used to be. Yeah. Because it's not like that. Yeah. No. I, exactly. Have you always had that positivity? Like, have you always just been that way? No. No. There's <laughs> like a learned. No, I. J- I don't know. I, I think it came with uh, just doing what you love. Yeah. I think it comes from when you're happy about what you do and, um, you know, it keeps you going 12, 14 hour shoots. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when people are falling by the wayside and you've got, come on, look what we're doing. Yeah. For what sure. is that? Mo- what is that? What is that movie? Was it, uh, in the locker room where he comes up behind me and goes, Hey, guess what we get to do today? We uh, get to play baseball. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> nah, it's, yeah, it's good though, man. Yeah, because I know I, I try. To, I'm, I think I'm pretty positive, but then like sometimes, like you know how this business is up and down. Like you busy one month, slow the next. 
sometimes I can go to the dark place, but I try to I try to stay positive, man. But I really I really appreciate hey, your positivity. Hey, I hear you. Don't go to the dark side. <laughs> no, and man. let me tell you one. Let me finish with one thing. Yeah. There's no slow time. There's no downtime. Yeah, exactly. I hear that. That's another thing I heard with these photographers about downtime. There is no downtime because there's so much freaking things to do. Yeah. I, I, I mean, if you're downtime, that means means basically you're taking the day off because there is. I guarantee you, there's a laundry list of things to do to move the ball forward. So 100. if there's a down, I mean, not shooting, if it's after you're calling a down day, well, did, what about your equip, equipment? What about marketing? What about research? Yeah. What I mean, there's just no end to that. Yeah. No, no, I agree. Yeah, it's 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 all day, every day. There's always something to do for sure. Right. That's good advice, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. There you go. Um, but yeah. Brother, well, I applaud you for the uh, courage to do this because um, it's pretty amazing what you've done. I mean, you dove into this. Yeah, blog thing, and look at the people you've talked to. You you've spoken with some of the freaking some you know, some of my heroes, and a lot of people I've spent a lot of time with at Palm Springs Photo Festival. Are you coming out by any chance? No, I never. I never been. Uh, I should. I should go next Dude. year. Uh, yeah, next year, I'll try Dude. to. I try to make it out there. Um, Half the people you interviewed will be there. <laughs> I know, man. I got to get out there. It's uh, well, yeah, It's coming up in like a couple weeks, right? Yeah, you know, and all the if you want to geek out, all the vendors there will give you any kind of equipment you want for the week just to play with. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, God, I got to spend a week last last time with uh, Peter Lindbergh. Damn, two years ago. I mean, talk about a legend, Jesus. I think Jay Mizell's going this year. Yeah, that's gonna be wild. But no, that's I'm with, I'm I'm with, I'm with Nadav this year. Damn, yeah, I'm trying I'm trying to get him on the podcast. If you talk to him, give put a good word in. <laughs> I will, I will. I um, will. But Sean, I guess for people listening, um, where's the best place to check out your work? Uh, the URL seanfen.com. S h a u n f e n n dot com, and then my Instagram, Instagram is just surfen s i r f e n n. Perfect. I'll link it, and people will go check it out. And uh, thanks so much, man. Cool, brother. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. I actually wanted to tell you about a new image transfer tool I've been using lately called PickDrop. Uh, PickDrop's a really great tool for whenever you need to send off those files to your clients or whoever you're working with. Um, you can create private galleries, different folders for whatever various assignments you're working on. And your clients can actually write notes on the photos you send to them and rate them. Um, for me, I've been using it for a few months now, and it's just kind of helped me organize myself. I, I know I got all my photos in one spot for whenever I need to send them off to my clients. It's just really just kind of streamlined my workflow. Um, can't say enough about it. For years, I was using like WeTransfer and Dropbox and things like that. Both PickDrop, it was actually designed by a photographer, so they really understand what you need. And actually, with today's uh, podcast, if you enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER, you're going to get three months free when you sign up at PickDrop.com. Um, so definitely go check it out and let me know what you guys think. And remember to enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER, and you'll get three months free when you sign up at PickDrop.com. And also, I just had to give a big thank you to our guest, uh, Sean Fenn. Uh, it was a real pleasure talking to him about all his work and everything he's done within photography. Um, he has real passion for what he does, and I just really enjoyed talking to him. Um, so definitely go check out Sean's work. Uh, his website is seanfenn.com, as well as his Instagram, at SirFenn. Um, I'll link it in the description. But definitely go check out his work. He's always updating his website with different projects and whatnot. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, as well as my website, alexgagnephoto.com, and on my Instagram, at alexgagnephoto. Thanks so much for listening, and take care.